Hey guys, you are listening to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. I am Jamie and I'm your host and I'm so glad that you're here. If you like what you're listening to today, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We bring you new shows every Wednesday and Fridays and an amazing guest always joins me to chat about the big things in life, the little things in life and everything in between. Subscribe today to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey on your podcast player so you never miss an episode. and welcome to the Happy Hour Jamie Ivy podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so excited that you're here. Every week, I invite a girlfriend to join me on the show and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Guys, we made it to August, and let me tell you, it's a super big week over here at the Ivy household. Yesterday, my husband's book that he co-wrote with his friend Matt, Still Away Home, released. And goodness gracious, guys, I hope you ordered your copy or you picked one up at Barnes & Noble or wherever you get your books. It is such a great book, and I am super proud of them for the creativity that was poured into this book. Steal Away Home is a new kind of book based on historical research, which tells a previously untold story set in the 1800s of the relationship between an African-American missionary and one of the greatest preachers to ever live, Charles Spurgeon. Guys, I love this book. I'm proud of them. I hope you get it. I have a link on my webpage if you want to get it over there. But go ahead and pick up your copy of Steal Away Home. Also, it's our August book club book. So if you want to join us for that, that's super fun as well. Guys, you're listening to episode number 152 with my friend Crystal Evans-Hurst. Crystal and I met through her cousin, Winter Pitts, who's also been a guest on the show. Her sister, you may have heard of her, is Priscilla Shire, and her daddy is Dr. Tony Evans. Crystal is mama to five and grandma to one, which in this episode, you'll hear that she does not even have a name for herself as a grandma. So I need you to give her a name ASAP. I'm so concerned about this. Guys, if you are a woman in any stage of life, this show is going to resonate with you. I can guarantee that. Crystal's passionate about helping women truly live out the callings that they have been called to and not what any other woman has been called to. Today, we chat about those hidden years, as Sally Clarkson calls them. Some of you are living in every day right now. Crystal is encouraging women to create space for themselves. And listening to her talk about her book, She's Still There, it's going to make you want to go out and get it right now. And think about what is it for you? What is it for you that's still there inside of you that you thought you might have lost or maybe it never even knew was there? Guys, we even talk about Jesus encouraging us all to get pedicures. Okay, I know it's a stretch. It's so not theologically correct, but we at least had a giggle with it. Oh, and if you're wanting to write a book, we go there too. Crystal tells you exactly how to do it. Guys, as you know, I'm a fan of Instagram. If you want to share anything about this show, find Crystal and I over there. I'm at Jamie Ivy, and Crystal is at Crystal Hurst. Oh, and I know you love podcasts because you're listening here. So go check out Crystal's podcast. It's called Crystal's Chronicles. Okay, friends, here is my conversation with Crystal Evans Hurst. Okay, so you're now in the hot seat and you're on the happy hour, which it's been a long time coming to get you on the show. I know, but you know, you have all the fancy people on you're the happy so hour. You're so fancy, Crystal, <laughs> let me tell you. Um, just for y'all's reference, your cousin Winter has been on the show before. I know, I will tell you, I was I had, I had a little envy. I was <laughs> like, is Winter on the happy hour? But you know what? That's okay. It's good. okay. It's good. Now it's time for you. It's my turn. I haven't interviewed anyone else in your family. I beat Priscilla. Priscilla. <laughs> I beat her. You beat Priscilla. <laughs> I beat her. Which your sister is Priscilla Shire. Shire. I always say her last name wrong. Everybody does. 
what do I want to say? Shearer. Something. Something like that. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you're the oldest. You have a sister, Priscilla, and a brother, and two brothers or one brother? Two brothers. Okay. Yep. And what do your brothers do? Uh, Anthony's a singer. Um, He's, he is, um, he lives in LA and he does that life. Okay. And he also has an entertainment company. So he does a lot of things in that world. Yeah. And then my brother. It's different than our worlds. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I love that world. Yeah, <laughs> to visit. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then my other brother is speaker. He's an author. He's the chaplain for the Cowboys and the Mavericks, and he works with my dad in ministry. Okay, awesome. Everyone in your family's doing ministry. We are. So you grew up a pastor's daughter. I did. Pastor's kid. Someone asked me. I told them I was going to be interviewing. They're like, I want to know if she ever felt pressure as a preacher's kid. I don't think up. I did. You didn't. Are you the oldest? Yes. Okay. Which in theory, I might have and not have known it because if you're a fish and you live in water, do you know you live in water? No, you just live there. I don't know. So if you ask me, I did not feel pressure, but... Everyone at church knew your name. Yep. My kids, sometimes will be like, hey, Deacon. And he's like, how do you know me? But they all know I still them. feel weird. I feel weird when someone says they refer to something that they've seen about me on social media or that they've heard me say on a podcast. And I'm like, why do you know that? Idiot, because I said it. Uh-huh. I said it. I know. But, I, you know, it's just that thing throughout your whole life. Everybody yeah. just seems to know everything. I know. Are you weird about social media with people knowing stuff about you? I am, but I keep putting it out there. That's what I was going to ask. <laughs> people will come up to me and say, is it weird that I know so much about you? And I'm like, well, I put it there. Yeah, I put it there. I, I do have to gather myself when someone says something to me, though. It catches me off guard because I don't know you. Mm. And I think about how well I know certain people like, I feel like if Oprah stepped in the room right now, I could have a full-blown conversation with her. I wish Oprah would step I into this room. I wish she would step into this room. But because she's put her life uh-huh. out there. Yeah. I just think it's the cost of being known. Yeah. And when you want to share your life, there's a cost to that. And there's there's some stuff I don't say, but there's a lot of stuff that I do. I was going to say, there's a lot of things about Oprah we don't know. We don't know. Because she doesn't tell we us. We think we know. We think we know. <laughs> which is where oh, you get in trouble because you think you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. The cost of putting it out there. There is a cost, but you count it, then you move forward. Yeah. So I've heard people say before, they're like, I want to be in front of people. I want to write books. I want to be a speaker. They don't know the cost. Tell me about, I mean. (laughs) They don't know the cost. Priscilla and I talk a lot about this because she has been traveling quite a long time. And so a mutual friend of ours maybe would have a baby shower or would have a birthday party or something. And she would say, oh, I wish I could go. I wish I could go. And I'm like, no, you don't. Like, you're, you know what I mean? And I would, but it's true. You miss out on a lot of things. So why There's, couldn't she go? Because she was traveling. She was speaking. She was she was okay. on a stage uh-huh. somewhere sharing God's word. And so, and I, I never have forgotten too, a comment that Beth Moore made where she just said, you know, I taught the Bible and I raised my kids and I was married to my husband. I didn't have a whole lot of girlfriends. You know, she said that at that mm-hmm. event that I went yep. to of hers. Yep. She said that and that has stuck with me forever. She said, I didn't do a lot of things. Right. I, I was with my kids, right. my family right. and taught God's word. I mean, Beyonce didn't go to her high school prom. I mean, you know what I'm saying? So everybody who we see putting so much of themselves into their work or career or into a certain thing, when they excel at a certain thing, it's because we all have 24 hours in yeah. a day. And they're giving a larger portion of time to a certain thing, Mm -hmm. which means they have less time left for other things. People go, I just don't know how you homeschool, how you do it. I'm like, you know what? But you will find my van parked at my house three days a week. I don't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. And people, you know, they'll see me on social media doing all this stuff. They don't know the other side of it, which I got laundry sitting on my couch right now waiting Mm -hmm. on me. But I'm going to go home 
And I don't answer my phone a lot because I want to look my kids in the eye. And I don't, there's a lot of things I don't do. I don't watch TV. I'm not a TV person. So when we try to compare ourselves and say we want something they have, many times we are not quite aware of the cost they're paying to have or the price that they're paying to have that or to be able to experience that or to be able to give what they're giving out in their lives. Or the work it takes. I mean, because it's hard work. It's hard work. I mean, I remember when a couple of years ago, you know, my husband is a worship pastor at our church and it's a larger church and he's got a really great job, right? Yep. So a lot of young worship leaders are like, hey, how do I get a job like yours? And he's like, well, I made no money and traveled for seven years. <laughs> do, you do, worship. do you want to do that? You know, that was <laughs> right. the point was you don't just show up right. here. You know, I talk about that with young people who want to start a podcast. I'm like, everyone, yes, start a podcast. But unless your last name ends in like Trump or Bush or Kennedy, you got to work. You got to work. I'm not saying those people don't, but you know what I mean? Because they do. Well, we, we assume that what we see is all there is. Yeah. And it's that's rarely all there is to it. We assume that people who do things easily do things because it's easy. And that's not true. They work They hard. do things easily because they've worked so hard to do them well. Mm-hmm. And they put in the time and the energy and the grit yeah. to, to get good at it. Yeah. Do you listen to Donald Miller's podcast? I have spot listened to it, yes. Okay, so he was interviewing someone the other day. And I can't remember her name, but I'll link it in the show notes. And she was talking about she's an agent. She represents athletes. And she said the difference between like great athletes and just... Like the reason people make it, right? The reason that you make it and you're like the closing pitcher in a World Series, you make that, is because when it got hard and when you failed, they had something that kept going. You keep going. She said that was the difference. Yep. And I was like, that is so true in everything about life because life is hard. Yep. Work is hard. Work is hard. Parenting is hard. Marriage is hard. Everything is hard. Everything's hard. (laughs) But the difference in those athletes being great and just mediocre was they kept going. Yep. And a lot of people who have talent or they have opportunity, or they have the exposure. They want to rely on that. Mm -hmm. And hard work will beat any of those things on any day. Any day. We tell our kids that. That's what we tell our kids. We hope they listen. Yeah. They're not, but hopefully they'll remember something. (laughs) They're not listening now. No. But if you repeat it enough, it's Uh in their psyche. It comes back to them. You know, I was thinking about this as well. When you're talking about like the work and the cost that goes into something, and people have asked you, how do you do it all? I remember someone asking that one time, and I said, well, the truth of the matter is, when I'm away, when I'm traveling, I'm not parenting. Right. But when I'm parenting, I'm not teaching God's word to 300 women, right? right. There, there's not this, it's not like a balance of like, oh, my life is 50-50. It's wherever I am, yep. hopefully I want to be a person who wherever I am, I'm giving it all, you know? And I think that's hard. It is very hard. It's hard. Because the phone does not stop ringing. The phone doesn't stop. <laughs> and then your kids get the phones and they text you, all, which I love when my kids text me. My kid's at church camp right now and he texts me they and They let him Aaron. keep his phone at the camp? Yeah. I get, I don't know, maybe he's not supposed to. <laughs> Sneaky. He's supposed to go away and hear uh-huh. from Jesus. They take all your yeah. paraphernalia. So he texts us and I just am like, I actually love when my kids text me because it's a boy and he's yeah, kind of has communication. We'll yeah. take what we can mm-hmm. get. We take what we get. Yeah. Okay, speaking of kids, tell us about your family. Okay, there are five of them. Eight, 12, 14-year-old boys and a 21-year-old and 25-year-old girl, girls. And then there is a son in love and then there is a granddaughter who, I, I'm not kidding, she's the cutest thing I've ever seen. She is very cute, and she is a total hot mess. <laughs> she is so cute. She's that proverbial oldest first, super cute first granddaughter, first great grand, and so she, and she knows it. She is great. Oh, But she is gosh. like an old woman in a little body. She's she the knows first great granddaughter? On. Yes. So Priscilla has boys. Yes. And your brothers don't have any kids. Uh, well, they do, but those are grandchildren. Oh, that's right. See? 
So oh yeah, goodness. she's in a class all by herself That's and right. will be for a while. She will be. <laughs> so you look like you're like 35. Thank you. I'll take it. I'll hang on to and that. And you're a grandma. I am a, no, let's what grandmother. Does she call you? Grandmother? Okay. Grandma. The, what does the, she call you? She doesn't. Actually, <laughs> what she, is it going to be? Calls, uh, we don't know. It's st- Can you believe that? She is 18 months. I still do not have a name. Um, is it because you don't know what to pick? It's because I think I don't want to pick. <laughs> it's because you don't want to believe that you I actually are a grandmother. It. She calls me mommy, but that's because everybody else calls me mommy. That's what she So hears. she's just chiming in. Yeah. So eventually she'll be old enough for us to have a little conversation about it, I'm sure. And we, no, Chris, we'll so we need you a name right now. We you don't want to do be it like, right now. You don't want to be like I'm not ready. Nani or No, that's my mother. Oh, that's your mother's now na- Nani. My mother's Nani. What's your dad? Poppy. Nani and Poppy. <laughs> so I have the hashtag I was using was MMC. So then I was like, it could be just mommy C. And then I was like, it could just be CC. And then CC's cute. CC is cute. I, and then I still don't want to like do it. So I think it's really just me. I think I can pretend I'm not a grandmother as long as she doesn't actually name me. That's what, You're just a, a nice woman in her I'm life just, that loves her I a know. lot. <laughs> I know. And my daughter says all the time, what am I supposed to refer to you as? I said, just say your grandmother. Just go to your grandmother. She's like, that's dumb. I was like, it's something. You yeah. want something or nothing? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, is grandmothering awesome? It is, but it is but different. But you still have an eight-year-old. Because uh, I still have yeah. an eight-year-old. Absolutely. So um, grandmothers, grandmothering is awesome in the sense that you can give them back and you have perspective. But because I have a 25-year-old, I have perspective. So a lot of people are so grateful to have the grandchild because they're like, oh, you know, now I can do it right and I can have fun. Well, I've been having fun for a while because mm-hmm. I had this, you know, this break in ages mm-hmm. with my kids. So it's, it, 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 it is fun, but I'm still in mother mode. So when she comes over and like my daughter and I've had conversations about that, I'm like, she can't take that bread in the living room. She's like, well, I mean, you know, at home, she's not at home. And then she'll go to the bookshelf and she'll pull books off. And my daughter will say, well, in her room, she just takes the books off the shelf. She's not at home. <laughs> well, she's little and she won't understand. Oh, yes, she will. She'll understand. So Watch like, me teach her. If you didn't have all these little kids and like all <laughs> then, of a sudden you have I, all this gap, you'd be yes. like, honey, you can take that bread wherever oh, yes, you want. Because you know what? I still have all of my preschool stuff. I still I still have my Barney stuff. I still have my shapes and my puzzles. I still have, like, I still have little people stuff. Because you're not far from. Because yeah. I'm not far from it. So I do enjoy it. It's just, I'm still in mother mode. Yeah. Which means she gets more mother than she does grandmothering. Would your mom be more like a grandmother? She is more like a grandmother. Yeah. She is. Because she's far from kids. Yeah, she's far from kids. Yeah. And her house is empty. Yeah. So one kid in there tearing something up for three hours. Exactly. But you're like, hey, you're just joining the whole mix. We got <laughs> right, a bunch of stuff right. going on here. Yep. So I taught her the cleanup song the last time she came. <laughs> I was like, come on, let's do it. She knows where the trash can is. I was like, we're going to teach you some things while you're here. So you're going to help. I love it. <laughs> Your daughter's we just happy because it. she has a few hours. Like, Oh, yes. And I'm, I do. I, I do. When she comes, I'm just like, you know, I see her pass out on the couch. And I remember you all remember, that. You remember, yeah. I sure do. I, yeah. Oof. Rough. Okay, so let's talk about when you became a mom. How old were you? Nineteen. That's a young mom. That's a young mom. So I've never been an adult without being a mom. Oh wow! And you have this huge span of kids. So Crystal, you got a long time. You got ten more years. You don't want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Though I I think that what I have learned here in the last five years is how to live a little while I'm doing them. And I think that. That is a lesson well learned. What I do think, you mean? I mean, part of it came because I started doing stuff. I mean, I started writing books and speaking and all that. I, I And when did you start doing that? 2013 was the book I wrote with my dad. Okay. 
And I had a smaller project with him before that where he put all of his 30 years, 35 years worth of sermons in a book. And I went through all of those sermons, pulled all the illustrations out, organized them, indexed them. And then, you know, he gave me a little nod at the beginning and said, thanks to my daughter. Uh I was like, what? But (laughs) But, um, but, so I started doing that. And so because of that, I would look at my husband and say, hey, can I go to Barnes and Nobles? Hey, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to disappear. I'm going to lock myself in the room because I've got to finish this project or whatever. And it gave me something of purpose. Now, I don't, I don't think that that is the only way to get it, but I think it, it gave me the freedom. Work gave me the freedom to say, I've got to pull away. Now, Mm -hmm. without work, I feel the freedom to say, today for no reason, I'm just going to go sit by myself. Where are you going? I don't know. You Mm -hmm. may find me parked in front of a park somewhere with a Dunkin' Donuts (laughs) coffee. But I I am good when I have space. I'm I'm good when I have space. Mm -hmm. And I know people listen to that and if they have younger children, they say, I don't have any space. They think, I wish. Yeah, Yeah, but you know what? No, I, I remember now creating space even when I had babies. So sometimes that looked like, you know, middle of the night stuff. You know, I'd be up nursing and so I'd have a baby on one boob and then the other hand was free. So mm-hmm. I'd be blogging with one hand. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or uh-huh. I'd be, I'd be, you know, organizing that, uh, things with one hand. I just used to make up a name, booby blogging. But booby I think that's blogging. inappropriate. Hey, I think it's a thing. <laughs> I think that's a real thing. And so, I mean, I, I've, I've always had ways to remember who I am. And sometimes mm. I was intentional about doing it. And sometimes I did it on accident. But I think it's in remembering who you are, even if it's in small ways and engaging in things that bring you joy and things that allow you to contribute to the world. It doesn't have to be major. You don't have to be on stage. But I think when you are able to show up for you, then you are able to show up for other people in your life. Okay, well, let's talk about this because what you just said is so good. Like when you find ways to contribute to the world and it doesn't have to be on a stage, I feel like I hear so many women that yes, think- Yes, ma'am, here it comes. Here we go. With social media, with the internet, they feel as though if I'm not crystal writing books and doing a podcast yep. and speaking to 3,000 women in an auditorium, then I'm not doing anything. Yep. That's so false. It's so false. But, it's, but you and I are saying it from people who are doing that. Yes. So how do we get... Well, let me say it from the person before I was doing okay, that. Okay, go. I've always had people in my home. I've always... I mean, before I ever say anything anywhere on a stage, I've probably talked to it, preached about it, talked, you know, shared with uh-huh. my kids. In fact, as my kids are at the table for breakfast for devotions, I've heard my say, myself say, in closing... <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, you know, back it up a little bit. I mean, when I was you know, at home with kids and I was lamenting the fact that everybody else was at work and I didn't have anybody else to hang out with. I got a Yahoo group going of friends who we would just email each other during the day. What are you cooking for dinner? This and that. Because I I felt the need to connect and I've always wanted to connect other women. Mm. And I've always said, hey, do y'all want to do a Bible study together? Like buy the books. It'll be here in a couple of days. Let's gather at the house six weeks. I'm not making any commitments after that. You know what I mean? And so I found small ways to do that that had nothing to do with the stage. It was just me wanting to connect with other people. And I think when we show up the best we can where we are, you know, going back to what you said, when you're when you're away, you're away. When you're home, you're home. Well, when you're in the hidden years, I've heard uh, Sally Clarkson say that, when you're in the hidden years with your kids, if that's where you are, then you show up there. If you're single and you have no kids, then show all the way up. Please, for me, do it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I think if we honor the seasons that we're in, showing up for ourselves, what is what are we passionate about? We honor the gift of us that God gave us. We honor that along the way. And you never know how God wants to use how you show up in every season. But if you don't show up, you'll never know. It's so true. And I think showing up in your season is so good, but we got to get our eyes off of the other seasons. Yes. You know what I mean? Like you won't show up in the current season if you're looking at the one to come or you hope that comes. Exactly. Like when you're in with those babies and you're like, if I could just get my kids into school or 
oh, if I could just get these kids to college, or if you're like, oh, if I could just get married or yeah. whatever, every season looks different when you're not in it. It looks yep. better when you're not there. Grass is always greener, but it's because you water it when you're over there. That's exactly right. So you right. just stand where you are and you water where you stand. When I had little babies, all I wanted to do was like wear a business suit and get on an airplane and go to a meeting. <laughs> to me, I was like, that will be life. Oh, I told my husband at one point in his company, they were talking about hiring an admin part-time. And he was like, you know, it would only be a couple of days and, you know, it's far. And I said, let me, let me, let me, let me explain something to you. If I get in the car and drive out there by myself, <laughs> the car ride is the beginning of the vacation. Exactly. And then all day long while I'm sitting at the desk, I will be the happiest employee y'all have ever had. Uh-huh. Do I love my kids? Absolutely. Yes. But will this feel like a vacation? In fact, one time he took me to South Africa and he's in a music business. and They were going out there to do some concerts. And when we got off the plane and we were waiting for the transportation to pick us up, we had to wait a little bit. We got some coffee and I looked at him and I said, thank you so much for this trip. And he said, we haven't done anything yet. I said, oh, yes, we have. Yes, we, have. we flew for almost 24 hours <laughs> yeah. and I sat in a seat and people served me. Yep. No one interrupted me. When I felt like falling asleep, I did. The plane, I said, if all you and did- And you watched movies? Yes, Lord. I said, if all you did was put me on a plane and we got off, had coffee and, and we went, went back, back, that was a vacation. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> it it is much. so true. We went on a cruise, a bunch of girlfriends, and someone was saying, where are y'all going? I'm like, I don't know. Doesn't matter. I don't care if the boat never leaves the dock. It doesn't <laughs> we could sit in Galveston for four days. Yep. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Oh. It doesn't matter. But you know what? I just think if we have to be really intentional about that because everything around us says, look around you, mm-hmm. look in front of you, look on the side of, you know, what is everybody else doing and what do you want to be doing? But whatever you have in front of you, who you have, the job that you have, the people, the experiences, the church, your street, do that well. Because if you don't do it well, you will look back with regret because as soon as you go to the next season, you will look back and realize what you missed. And it was right in front of you. You just weren't looking for it. I tell this example all the time when I talk, especially about when I talk about podcasting is when my daughter, her last year before she went to kindergarten, like all my boys were in school. I had one more. The whole year, all I wished was that she was in school. Yeah. I just was like, I could do so much more. I had just started my podcast. Yeah. Look what I could do. I could do this. I just wish she was in school. And then she got to school. And that was the biggest time I ever realized I missed a whole year with just her and I. Yep. It was the only year we would have ever had yep. just the two of us. Yep. And I, th- I, I threw it away. And there's regret there. Let's talk about this though, because as but I'm listening- But still a lot of time though. We do have a lot of time. Yeah. And all those boys are going to leave and they'll That's be right. her and I again, but That's she right. won't be four. She'll be like 17. We versions of four thrown in there, but- <laughs> <laughs> um, you said- Okay, so if someone is thinking, all right, cool. I'm going to do something for me. I'm going to see what's in front of me. I'll grasp hold it. Why do women feel guilty about that? Why do we feel guilty Why do we feel it? guilty? Honestly, I don't know why. I don't know why. We, I know why I do because I'm an achiever and I feel like if there are 25 balls that I and I'm doing them all kind of sort of well, I'm still failing because there's probably 28. There's three that I'm leaving on the table. I'm, that's my build. But I think that we are we have been taught, you know, is that that commercial that you can bring home the bacon and you can fry it up in a pan and you can all this stuff and you can. But I think we've been sold a bill of goods to think that we should be able to do it all at the same time. That's the key, maybe. Yeah. And so we feel guilty if we do anything for us, if something else is not getting done. And the thing is, something is always not going to be something. That's right. That's right. Now, I think we have to differentiate between 
you know, me time that's overdone and <laughs> done in an extended, unnecessary way, because there's yeah. that too. Yeah. But I think self-care is super important. It's the proverbial example of put the mask on in the airplane before you put it on uh-huh. anybody else. Uh-huh. You cannot give out of an empty vessel. You just can't. So you have to make sure that through God's word, you're filling up. But then it's not a bad thing. Like, you know, we, when people say, you know, I just want to make sure that I'm taking care of my soul, that I have joy. And we start speaking all this Christianese stuff. And yes, Jesus is the source of joy. Absolutely. It is true. But there is nothing wrong with sunshine. And there's nothing wrong with somebody rubbing on your feet when you get a pedicure. And there's nothing wrong with getting your hair done. And if that's where you get your two hours of silence, then so be it. Don't feel guilty about it. If you need to feel better about it, then pray a little bit while you're in the chair. You know what I'm saying? But like, just like give yourself a pass to be okay. Because if you don't take care of yourself, Over time, that will show. It will show up in resentment Uh towards the people who, quote unquote, stole the best years of your life. It'll show up in bitterness because you'll be angry that you gave and that you don't feel like you gave it back. Jesus went away to pray. Mm -hmm. Jesus went away and he said, I can't talk to y'all right now. I got to push back in a boat. Mm -hmm. He made room to sleep when Mm -hmm. the storms were raging. So he even had someone wrap his feet once. He even had somebody wrap his feet. I never thought about that. That's true. There is biblical (laughs) support for pedicures. He had somebody (laughs) rubbing on his feet and I think he liked it. let him do it. He, he let her do it. That's he let right. her do it. So if you Foot need situation. a reason to go get a pedicure. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. <laughs> following in his footsteps. There you go. Literally. Literally. <laughs> literally. Okay, Crystal, if there's something that I really, really love about you, you touched on that you're an achiever and you and I are in a boxer we are. mastermind group. We are. About book writing. And I can always count on you. Like you want to get things done. <laughs> you do. You're an achiever. You want to get things done. But there's something else I really love about you is you want them done right. I mean, sometimes to a fault. Because, you know, I told my parents one time, I said, I got the best of both of y'all in one person, which is great, except sometimes it makes me a little schizophrenic. Because my dad is a big thinker, big dreamer, super visionary. Let's shoot for the top of the mountain. you are. And my mom is super detailed. Okay. And so are you. So (laughs) sometimes waddling in the details amidst my spreadsheet you know, I'm, I'm like, wait a minute. Did the moment pass? I think it passed. <laughs> but normally so. people are like really, really extreme. Yes. One or the other. Exactly the problem. And you have this schizophrenia So I have to learn how to turn one off. Okay. Usually it's the detail part. Yeah. Because I can spit out on a spreadsheet. I'm an accountant. So there's that. You are an accountant. Mm-hmm. Yes. And a dreamer at the same time. And it's, a doer. It's a little nutty. Life. Yeah. So sometimes my head gets in the way of my heart. Mm-hmm. And um, with time and with maturity and with failure, lessons learned, I've learned how to turn my head off. And listen to your heart? And listen to my heart. I've learned how to listen to my heart. That's good. I mean, if you've ever talked yourself out of something and later you saw something pass or you you were like, I I knew I should have done that. You have those opportunities or those situations happen enough. You learn or you you can learn. Mm -hmm. So hopefully I've learned and we'll keep learning. All right, guys, I know you're loving my conversation with Crystal, but first I want to thank our sponsors because our sponsors make the happy hour happen. All right, guys, we did it. Aaron and I went out and we got ourselves a Casper mattress and I'm here to tell you, we love it. These mattresses were developed over thousands of hours by a team of in-house engineers. Casper's award-winning sleep surface combines supportive memory foams and a springy comfort layer for just the right levels of sink and bounce. That is so true. Not to mention, it's breathable design keeps you cool all night, which can we just get an amen to being cool all night, especially in August in Texas? 
I have to admit, I was a little skeptical when this mattress arrived in a box that could literally fit in the backseat of Aaron's car, but it is pulled through. We were needing a new mattress anyways, but we were not looking forward to spending a fortune on one. So we decided to at least try out the Casper because here's what's amazing about it. If we didn't like it, we could just send it back. So the first night, I admit, I was a little skeptical. It's a lot different looking than my other mattress. It came from a box that was delivered from my front porch, but I'm here to tell you, Honestly, after the second night, I haven't looked back. We aren't sending it back because we love it. Who would have ever thought that a great sleep could come in a small box? In my opinion, guys, this mattress is much better than the last high price one that we had. And here's what you need to know. Buying the Casper is easy. Just order online and it's delivered to your door in a compact, how did they do that size box? I agree. I wonder how did they do that? It's available in the US, Canada, and now in the UK and shipping and returns are free. Considering we spend one third of our lives on our mattress, oh my gracious, it's so important to truly sleep on a mattress before committing. That's why Casper gives you a hundred nights to try it out risk-free. If you don't love it, they'll pick it up and refund you everything. Here's what we're giving you guys, $50 towards any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash Jamie and using the code Jamie. Terms and conditions apply. That's casper.com slash Jamie. Use the code Jamie. Guys, I also want to thank another one of our sponsors that makes the show happy, and that is Rent the Runway. If you're a woman, you know that you've gone into your closet and you've said, I have nothing to wear. I have no clothes. Or if you're like me, you're like, I don't want to go shopping. I just need clothes to show up at my door. Well, thankfully, Rent the Runway Unlimited is coming to your rescue. The Unlimited is Rent the Runway's new subscription to fashion that gives you the keys to a rotating dream closet for work, weekends, and everything in between. For a flat monthly price, rent unlimited clothing and accessories from designers like Vince, Theory, DVF, Opening Ceremony, and so many more. I actually just updated my Rent the Runway wish list because I just go in there and look at things I want. And there are so many cute clothes that I cannot wait to get. And I'm looking ahead and thinking, where do I have that I can wear these awesome things? I'm getting them for date nights. I'm getting them for when I travel and speak places. They also have things for weddings. They have so many things that you can get. You get free shipping, dry cleaning on every piece, and you can browse photo reviews from subscribers to see how the pieces look in real life. Choose three pieces at a time and keep each as long as you want. Then when you're ready for something new, swap any of your pieces for fresh styles. Or if you fall in love with something, you can buy it at an exclusive discount. Recently, I rented a jumpsuit from them. And you guys know if you listen, especially when Rebecca Lyons was on, that I've been wanting to find a jumpsuit that I loved. And I wore it at a photo shoot for some friend's webpage. And I recently wore it on a date with my man. It was so fun to have something new to wear. And then I can send it back and pick out something else. I also rented two shirts that I would have never picked up in a store. And I love them as well. Right now, the listeners of The Happy Hour can get 25% off their first month. Just visit rentthenrunway.com slash unlimited or download the iPhone app and enter code HAPPY at checkout to get the 25% discount. That's rentthenrunway.com slash unlimited and use the code HAPPY. All right, guys, now back to my conversation with Crystal and she's going to explain to us what she's still there actually means. Okay, well, you have a book that's coming out next week. Yes. She's still there. Yes. Tell I hope us she what is. it's about. <laughs> you know what? My daughter, when she was a teenager, had a big decision to make. Actually, she was in her early 20s. She had a big decision to make. And she asked me what I thought she should do. And it was a decision that wasn't right or wrong. And I thought, you know, you, you get better at decision making by making decisions. And so I said, you know, I'm not going to tell you what I think. If it was going to harm you, I would. But let me tell you what you need to do. You need to ask your girl. And she said, what do you mean about that? I said, well, here's the deal. You need to think of a time when you felt really good about yourself and about your life. You had hope, you had dreams. Even if you don't know exactly what they were, you had expectancy. You need to ask that girl, 
what she wants you to do. Because if you don't ask her now, when you're 40, you'll be trying to find her and ask her then what she wanted you to do. So ask her now because she's still there. And those words came out of my mouth. And there's the book. The book is basically about every woman and every woman I know has had at least one of these moments where she looks in the mirror or she looks at her life and it's not adding up. She doesn't recognize herself. She doesn't recognize her life. And maybe it's because of her own choices. Maybe it's because of the choices of someone else that have impacted her. Or maybe it's because life just happens. Sometimes life Life's, just happens. It's hard. But in either case, if you still have breath, then the gift of you that God gave you is still yours to steward. But you have to take the time to look at who she is and the experiences and the opportunities that God has given and honor those by choosing to participate in her rescue. So did you look in the mirror one day? Oh, I look in the mirror all the time. I mean, with the illustration you said, like I looked in the mirror and she's gone. my, My story was my fat story, is my fat story. Tell me. Oh, me and weight, honey. It's the same 40 pounds. We're really good friends at this time. I know how to lose them and they know how to find me. But I looked in the mirror. You can't get away. Really, really. I looked in the mirror and thought, I see me, but that's not me. When was this? 40. And you're how old? 45. Okay. Yeah. So I lost a bunch of weight. I haven't gained it all back, but I've gained some. So I got to So you looked in the mirror again. And for you, it was something that so many of us can relate to where you just went, what happened? What happened? What happened? And then I've, I've said that with other things, like, what was I going to do? What was I going to, what did I want to be when I grew up? And I may not even want to be that, but when did I stop looking for what I wanted to be when I grow up? Because I still am growing. We're still growing We're up. We're still growing up. So I think a lot of people can have all different kinds of things that kind of relate to that. Oh, Some yeah. of the things I think of for myself would be kids. Yep, absolutely. I, mean, I think that's going to be the biggest one. Yep for mothers, not all women, but for mothers. And then I think you throw in that we can all relate to is maybe you didn't try to get that dream job because you just had to get a job. Yep. You just had to get a J-O-B. That's right. And your dreams just got pushed way back. You you said, I'm going to get this J-O-B temporarily till I find the real thing. And 12 years later. You're still on that job. Like, why am I still here? Mm -hmm. Or you pause school just because you needed to get yourself together for a semester and then you never went back. Mm -hmm. Or you were in a relationship and you totally knew who you were when you entered the relationship. Mm. Then two years in, why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. Why am I saying okay to this? Why Mm -hmm. am I allowing this? Mm -hmm. It can happen for so many different reasons. So how do we make that pivot? Well, you have to first of all own the fact, which a lot of us have trouble owning, the fact that where we are is not where we want to be. Like we have to say, because then we can I just be like, no, like it's fine. What I see. It's yeah, cool. and we we are good at wearing masks. Uh-huh. We are good at it. Yeah. So we have to first admit that where we are is not where we want to be. We need to recognize if we can, because sometimes we can't, how the drift began, what the decision was. We have to identify it because if it's something you can retrace, then retrace it. And if you can't, then you just you just move forward. You make a decision. You decide how you are going to hold yourself accountable to that decision by being aware and living aware so that you don't slip back if Mm -hmm. slipping was the problem. Then you exercise discernment because you make sure that the people, places, and things around you, that's why we have a Voxer group, are helping to fuel you in the direction that you are headed in based on the decision that you made. And then you exercise discipline. And that's the part we were talking about before. With work. There's no shortcut for the hard stuff. Yeah. And then lastly, you coach yourself. You coach your mouth so that you speak life into your life. You coach your head so you take your thoughts captive. You coach your heart. You don't let your emotions rule. And then you coach your feet. And if you can coach yourself back into the decision that you need to make and the direction that you need to maintain and the discernment that you need to exercise and the discipline that you need to practice, then it just keeps going. That's good. I think of some other examples too. I've met women who, after all their kids go off to high school, off to college, 
Yep. All of a sudden they look at their husband and they're like, I don't even know you. I don't know you or I don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> or I don't like you. Yeah. But it's because that person that she was forever ago, it's not that she's gone. It's just she didn't tend to it. Right. And, or that marriage. Exactly. There was no tending to that. Exactly. Or a woman, you know, has kids and there's absolutely nothing wrong with having kids. You and I both have a slew of kids between us and we love our kids. Mm-hmm. But she could forget, oh, like I actually could do something yeah. with my giftings that God's given me. Right. Because there's absolutely nothing wrong with being a homemaker. Nothing. Oh my gosh, don't ever hear and me I say loved that. It. I made bread, girl. I used cloth diapers. I was for real homemaker. You. I went all the way. I even grew tomatoes in my backyard. I have a bread maker now that Aaron plates. finally threw away because I never used it. I buy all the things. You buy all the things. I have a sewing machine. I don't know how to sew. Are you serious? Yeah. Why'd you buy the machine then? My mom gave it to me for my 30th birthday, oh, nine years well, ago. Oh, keep it. You'll I sew. have it, yeah. Eventually you'll do something with it. I have every, <laughs> I, I want to be that person. Yes. That sews things. Yes. And I want to be that person but that the also house want smells to be a like podcaster. warm bread. But and I also want to work <laughs> right. and not make bread. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But I feel like there's so many things in women's life that we could look at and say that we just kind of let go. For this season. Yeah. And then, but then we never go back. And yes. And so we then have to pick and choose which things we go back to. We're not going to do it all. And I think we have to make peace with that. We're not so we make choices. And think about it. The people that we admire are the people that choose to really push forward into a certain thing. We go to the symphony to hear the concert pianist. We go to a concert to hear the person who's made music their life. We admire the people who've built the companies. Well, guess what? They weren't doing a whole lot of anything else. I mean, you know what I mean? And sometimes to a fault, but there are a lot of things they probably say. In fact, I've heard people say, I wish I had time to do more of that, but Mm -hmm. we make choices. So I think as long as we are making a conscious choice, see, that's the problem. If it's, if it's an unintentional choice and oops, 20 years are gone, I didn't mean to do that. Uh That's one thing. But if you say, you know what? I love this about myself. I may or may not keep it alive in 15 minute ways, but I'm doing this for this season. That's different because you chose that. It didn't happen to you. You decided that for yourself. Mm. So I think we just have to decide what are the things that we're going to keep alive and then choose to put other things to bed because we can't do everything. What are you putting to bed? Well, while I was writing this book, I put to bed my weight. (laughs) (laughs) Starbucks got a lot of lattes in me. Um, What am I putting to bed? I I don't. hmm. What am I putting to bed? I think that you just hit on it, though. When you were putting, when you're writing a book, writing a book is hard. Yes. It is a lot of work. It is. Yes. Jesus. It is a lot of work. Mm -hmm. And I know when I was writing a book, I lost weekends. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes, I missed baseball games. Yes. And I will say that, like, I literally looked at my calendar and cried because I'm like, my son is going to play football this semester and I'm going to miss at least half of his games. For work. For work. And and it's, this is not work. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm grateful for it. I'm appreciative for it. But this is also work that benefits my family financially. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm helping my family yeah. financially. Yeah. So some of it is a choice I get to make that I'm excited about that. Some of it is a choice I have to make, but it doesn't make me lament any less, but it is my choice. Yeah. Cause I can choose to go to work eight to five. I have, I pass my CPA exam and go to one of these offices around here and, mm-hmm. you know, get a job. But if I have to choose, would I choose to miss a few games and be there during the day a lot of times for my kids or would I choose to be gone every day? Well, I get to choose, but that means I'm putting something to bed. So I talked to my son. We're going to film his games. I'm going to watch him with him as much as he wants me to. You do the best you can. But yeah, I've had to, I've had to put that. My, I have one son who plays sports. Like he loves it. 
Just one? No, that three of them play. Okay. But one of them, I'm telling you, he like he eats and breathes and loves yeah. it. Yeah. Like if there's an extra practice, it's 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 optional. My other kids are like, no, nah, I'm not going. And he's like, I want to be there. You know what I mean? Like he yep. has that yep. in him. I have one of those. And he is sad when I miss his games. Yes. And it hurts my heart. And it hurts my heart. It really does hurt it hurts my, heart. my heart. Yep. Yep. A lot. I, I have one who he said to me, mom, are you going to make, and I'd made some, but he was like, this is the last one. Are you going to make my track meet? And I said, oh yeah, I'll be there. He said, are you going to be there the whole time? And I was like, well, I know I'll make the second race. And he said, but you've never seen me run the 100 meter dash. You've never seen me. Out <gasps> and the did side. your heart just- It was the baby too, yeah. my eight year old. It did. And you know what? I That particular time, I was able to shift some things around to be there mm-hmm. all day. Yeah. And I know, and I'm, I'm sitting here listening. And I remember being engaged with people who had other things going on and being a little judgmental. As I'm talking, I'm uh-huh. thinking somebody's going- you're not prioritizing. You know what I mean? Like I can hear it in my head. Mm-hmm. And I think we have, that's why we have to be at peace with the decisions we make because ultimately we're not answering to anybody else. But first of all, our families, you know, because they're right in the here and now, they're the ones that are going to let us know if we've missed it. And then ultimately we're answering to God because I know when I go to see Jesus, he's not going to ask me about all the things that I had choices about. Mm -hmm. He's going to say with what I gave you that you had to do and that you could use, did you do your Mm -hmm. best? He did not ask the man with one talent to make nine and have 10. He was like, can you at least do something with what I gave you? Are you doing the best? And so with my situation, we've got a lot of stuff going on in my family. I've got, my husband has health challenges and I've got, I've got to work and all these different things. You know, you do the best you can yeah. and you cry over it sometimes yeah. and then you make the best choice that you know how at the you time. Know, I've also found this is um, inviting a couple of close people in yes. to that world. Yes. And, and being able to, to say, you. can you tell me <laughs> yes. when I'm doing too much? Absolutely. Because the Instagram follower that says on my Instagram when Aaron and I were in Ireland, how do you do this? Don't you miss your kids a lot? <laughs> that kind of got to me a little bit, you know? Yeah, we but you get know to what me I need too. is I need my close friends. I say you have permission. Yes. If I'm doing too much, if I'm not mothering well, if well, I'm do not I have permission, well, am I one of those friends? Yeah, you can. You do were it. doing too much when you were in Ireland. You want to know why? Why? Because it's too I, fun. Because yes, I was just sitting there going, no fair. <laughs> me and Jesus had a conversation about that. I'm but, just but what I'm saying is, I'm inviting real life people no, to speak in, and yeah. not people who don't know me, right. and just see like, oh. Maybe you're traveling too much, yeah. you know, but my real life friends look at me. We had a great situation this past Sunday at church. Our church every Sunday does a summer preaching series. And so we bring in a pastor. It's not a part of our church. And so afterwards, my husband Aaron and I were talking to the pastor who had just preached and my kids walked up. And so my kids introduced him and we were like, hey, he lives in New York City and he came here. And then after he walked away, one of my kids looked at me and he went, so he left his family to come here? And I said, yeah, he left his yes. wife and he left his kids to come here. And he said, that's like what you and dad like do. The, yes. And I literally was like, I saw everything click in his head. And I was like, that's exactly what dad and I do. Because we always like, I'm not like, sometimes I'm leaving my kids to go on a cruise with my girlfriends, but most of the time I'm leaving to go teach women about Jesus. Right. Right. And so I said, yeah, that is what mom and dad do is when we leave you guys, we get to go to other churches and talk about Jesus. And it was like, a, it was so good for him, especially that one particular child, because he just went, Oh, so yeah. this is what y'all do. I'm like, and, and again, yes. there are choices. So one of the things that we do, like every engagement that I take, my husband and I, we talk about it. And if he says yes, if he says, if he doesn't feel good about it, I don't do it. But one of the things we try to do is I try to make sure I'm home for church. So we go to church together. Like there are certain things I put into place so that there are certain constants and that certain things happen. But also my kids have learned that when mommy's gone, it's not such a bad deal. Right. <laughs> <laughs> because... They do all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. My husband goes to the dollar store and they each get their own favorite cereal. I don't 
ever, we only buy Honey Nut Cheerios. There you go. That's it. One choice. That's it. They get all kind of fun things. So we've kind of figured out a way to make it sweet for them. Mm-hmm. They're like, when are you going to leave? Uh-huh. When are you going to come back? Then they, they t- and my husband has actually told them on occasion, don't tell her. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell her I took y'all to fast food twice. <laughs> While mom was gone. Yeah. So it's it's a it's a sweet, it can be a sweet thing. Oh my gosh. Um, when we were gone to Ireland, uh, we were gone for so long that my kids actually missed us. I mean, we because we travel all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it's like no big deal. Like yeah. literally, I think I'm gone. We're interviewing in Dallas. I've been gone a night. When I come home today, my kids literally could be like, Oh, we didn't even know you were gone. Like, you know, I like just travel mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. They actually missed us when we came home and it was super sweet. Yes. I was like, oh guys do really, really love us. Yeah, it is. It is a, they do it is love a sweet us. thing. Yeah. Okay. So we've already said book writing is super hard. Yes. Very hard. Way harder than even I thought. And I'm a writer. And Always you're been a writer. A writer. Mm-hmm. Okay. So someone wants to write a book. Yep. People say this all like, I want to write a book. I ask, yep. What's your advice? Write the book. <laughs> and then, but they're like, I, I want someone. I know. But a lot of times what I've found is people want to wait to write the book until they have all the things in order, until they have the agent, until they have the publishing house. So I always tell them, write the book. Don't let the stuff stop you from writing. Okay. Uh, The second thing is I told them that you, I would go online and like, I know this is true for Zondervan and I'm sure it's true for a lot of other ones. And, And they have like on their front pages, what to do if you want to submit a proposal. Zondervan specifically, they have on their the fact that most of the time they want you to have an agent and they have a whole list of agents. So, I mean, there there are some practical things that you can do just by going to the website of a publishing Michael house. I think has a whole like He probably does. He's really of, good about sharing resources. Yeah, so yeah, I, would, resource. I would start with that. But I would also say if writing is what you want to do, write and then always continuously work on developing your craft. So do the conference, read the book, get a group of friends together to have a writing club. And, you know, I mean, find the locals in your, in your city or in your town, a writer's group that gets together to critique each other's work. The one of the things, again, I think people assume is, okay, it's the big rocks. I'm going to write the book. I'm going to get the publisher. And then, you know, this will be my career. And then what they forget about is I actually need to write when I don't feel like writing, not when I'm inspired, but I need to write because it's time to write. Like someone said to me, if I put my butt in the chair, the words will flow. They say, how do you write a book? You sit down, you sit and, down you type the words. and you type the words. Exactly. And then the other part is even, I mean, my sister and I were talking the other day about her writing. She was talking about how she really wanted to work at being a better writer. You've never arrived. So just because you haven't written the book or you have big dreams and you have written a book, you never quit working on that mm-hmm. skill. So work on the skill yeah. while you wait. People say, oh, I, I want to pitch this Bible study I've written to you know, Lifeway or something. And I'm like, oh, are you teaching it somewhere? Teach like, the no. Bible study. Get the women in your home and teach the Bible study. I, Didn't and, Jenny teach her study in her? Yeah, I'm talking to Jen. Yeah, uh, yeah. Jet, yeah. I, I think you should totally do it because here, here's how it will benefit you. You should teach the Bible study before you pitch it because yes. you will get great feedback, feedback from the people because the questions, this question didn't make sense or you will see them talking about something that you didn't ask so you plan a question. Or as you're teaching it, you realize that there's something you didn't write. Mm-hmm. So now you get to go back and put it, put in, it there. in. I think that's totally the best way to do it. Yeah. Teach it and live it before you actually serve it up to other people. Okay, so your book comes out next week. She's still there. Yes. You can pre-order it. You can. Anywhere books are sold. Yep. I think I even have it in my bookstore on my webpage. You probably do. I know. <laughs> so let's, you know what? Let's do this. Okay. Because we've talked about this in our Voxer group and okay. we're just going to let the world know. Okay. Okay. Oh, let's do it. Pre-ordering a book for somebody is important. Okay, but this is the deal. <laughs> I asked, I told yeah. you this on the Voxer group. Right. So all us authors are like, hey, will you pre-order my book? Pre-order, pre-order. Why? 
Tell us. Because it is an indication to the publishers and the retailers how much demand there is for a book. So for example, if they don't know that people want it, they may not print enough. Uh So the day that it finally is available, you can't get it because they didn't print enough. Or you go to Barnes and Nobles and, you know, they say, oh yeah, we sold out this morning because they didn't have have enough on the shelf. Exactly. So when you pre-order it, you ensure two things. Number one, you ensure that you get your copy because it's ordered, they're going to print it. The second thing is, is you ensure that you're communicating to the publisher and to the retailers that people want it. So they print enough. And number three, if you love that author, then you're helping them to sell books because books will be available and people do buy when they see it on the shelf. And so you're basically helping to raise the exposure of the book, both with retailers and the publisher and with other people. That's the best explanation ever. Because <laughs> I have studied it, honey. you have studied I it. I like, Crystal will figure important? it out. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that is true. Crystal will figure Crystal it out. Crystal will figure it out. Also, <laughs> it's important too, like for me as a consumer, Yes. I have pre-ordered books more now because I know the other side of it as yes. an author. Yes. But before I knew that, I would pre-order them because I think I'll forget. Yeah. So how easy is it just to do it right now on well, Amazon? Well, I think we just have the instant gratification thing. So it's like, I don't want to spend my money now for something I have to wait 60 days yeah. for. And I think as people become Which, educated. Note, I don't think Amazon charges you until they ship it. So that's true. You got to make sure your money's true, in the account see, though. That's another thing <laughs> yeah. everybody doesn't know. Yeah. You know, so we go through these things of all these uh-huh. goodies because we try to encourage pre-order goodies because we try to encourage people to pre-order the yeah. book. You so know. right now, if, if you're listening when this comes out and not a week late, your book hasn't released yet. No. It releases next Tuesday, but you can pre-order. And when you pre-order, what do you get? Oh my goodness. Okay. So I'm going to start from the bottom up. So the most fun thing that's at the bottom. Okay. So I put together a playlist of all my favorite <gasps> She's Still There songs. Okay. All kinds of music. So y'all, I do love Jesus. Uh-huh. And there's some Jesus stuff on there, but there's some other stuff on there too. It's, uh-huh. not, it's not ratchet though. Uh-huh. So you'll be all right. Then there are three girls that are helping me. One works for me and two are interns. They put, so there's like 400 songs. Wait, you, on what? So it's a Spotify playlist. And even if you don't have Spotify on that page, you just click play and you can listen. So just total, total great exposure I don't to even have Spotify. I'm so far behind in life. No, no, no. But that's why we're friends, right? Okay, so yeah. I get to have fun uh-huh. and live through you through your launch. To and help and you, you get to tell, yeah. Right, right, right. And so, okay. So other than that, there are four podcasts that are only available for pre-order. Then there's a show that I did with my mom and my sister, an hour-long episode about what it means to love your life. So that's on there. A podcast or a video? Well, it's just audio. Okay, I just audio, did the audio. Okay. And then there is a 90-page companion journal. So I took all the questions out of the back of the book and thought, I didn't leave people room to write. And we made this beautiful journal that you could print out and bind if you want to or put in a notebook because I encourage you to write your way through the book. So there you go. I've given you the pages to do that. I've given you a gain assessment, which is basically discovering your gifts, abilities, your interests, and your personality. And then I've given you a focus wheel that gives you a contract you can sign with yourself. And you say, what am I focusing on? What's my decision? How am I going to make sure I maintain maintain that direction? What is the discernment? What are the people, places, and things that I need to keep in me or get rid of? And then what's discipline? When this gets hard, what am I going to do? And you sign a contract with yourself and stick it on your wall. And then you prick your finger and put blood on it. And then, hey, that sounds like a good idea. (laughs) It sounds like a good idea. You're setting people up for success. I I hope so. That's the old, I mean, because what's the point? What's the point in me telling you about all the things in my life and all the things I've learned if I don't set you up to set yourself up? after you read the book, to keep yourself going after yeah, you finish the to book. to do the things. To do the things, which is why there's music. Because music can psych us up to do anything we don't feel like doing. Do you listen to music when you write? Yes. I will tell you this. When I wrote my book on repeat, I just listened to John Mayer. That's good music. That's no Jesus. <laughs> and, and I was writing about Jesus, but I had John Mayer playing the whole time. Yeah. 
What do you listen to when you work? I have a Spotify playlist. I looked up coffee house and writing and studying and found like three or four playlists that I like. And there's one, it's all songs I recognize, but it's like a lot of Adele and stuff like that. But it's just- there's no words. It's just instrumental. My lash lady plays that when I get my lashes done. Yeah, it's nice Uh because you kind of know it. It's familiar, but you're not distracted by the words. Austin Stone Worship puts out an album and it's called Reveille and it's just instrumental. Yes. So I listen to that when I work sometimes too. Yeah. But it's not a song you would know, but it's just instruments. Yes. It's just- calming and yeah because I love classical music but it makes me think too hard so I can't listen to that when Mm. I'm writing I have to listen to something that's soothing and simple what are you reading these days (laughs) the bible because that's all I have time to read (laughs) (laughs) I'm serious like one of my I was just thinking when I I had a book that fell out of my car Tish Oxenrider's book is it it was a bit of my purse and it fell out as I was getting my purse to come in and here and meet with you and I was thinking oh I still haven't finished that book as soon as I launched this book I think that is like the main thing I want to do. Is read. Is read. I'm a reader and I used to read fiction. And then as an adult, I wanted to learn everything. So I've had all these years of nonfiction. And I just, I want to like alternate fiction, nonfiction, and just re-inject that joy back into my life. Mm, I love reading. I love reading. I read a lot on vacations. And then these days now with my job, I read a lot of people's books who are coming on the show. Yes, I, I mean, I've admitted before, I don't read the whole thing, Yeah, but I read as much as I can. I get a flavor. taste of it for sure, a flavor mm-hmm. of it. But I did read your whole book. Did you? Yeah, loved it. Well, that's good. Because I sent you an endorsement <laughs> and I well, made yes. a deal that yes. I, if I do that, I'll read the whole book. Well, hopefully that's you didn't my deal. want to put it down. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay, what are you loving these days? What three things are you loving? Three things. What three things am I loving? I am loving, I have this oil that I get from the mall down the street. It's this guy that has a little cart of oils that he sells. There's this oil I've fallen in love with. And every time people ask me about it, I just laugh because it's called black woman. That's what it's it's called. Yes, it is. So they say, what are you wearing? I say, black woman. Mm. (laughs) That's one of my, my favorite thing. Yes, it's fun. It's like perfume. It's it's this like is an not oil. like young living. It's like no, no, because I got a bunch of oily people in my family. Winter. Oh my gosh, and Priscilla. Priscilla's super oh, Priscilla oily too. Yes, the oils. yes, and I and I do. I mean, I have some of that stuff. I, but I didn't go all too. in. Yeah. I didn't go yeah, all in. Either. Black woman. It's Black probably woman. chemicals we don't even want to talk about. I don't know, but it's from the mall cart. Okay, but I like it. Um, my second favorite thing right now is my electric blanket. I'm always cold, and it is on it my is bed summer. right now. It is every night. It is joy to me to get in. And my thing goes from one to 20 and it's on 12. And when I get in my bed, I am happy. Oh my gosh. Is it cover your whole bed like your husband too? But it's a half. It's like, you know, half can be heated and half cannot be heated. Oh my gosh. I'm super, a heated bed. Yes. A, a heated, a heated bed. And what else? And you know what? My current favorite thing right now is my car. I went and had it detailed yesterday. That'll change your life. When you have kids. I've never done that. And it honey, literally would be... It would be the best gift I could give myself. And that's what I did. I like, gave like myself a gift. I want them to get into the cup holders. Girl, that, yes. Like, they I went, would pay they $300. Went into every, and it doesn't cost that much. Okay. It doesn't have to cost that I much. I would. I didn't. It doesn't, but I was grateful. I got So what happened is I fixed my kids boiled eggs for breakfast and somebody left. No. Honey, they left. And, and I didn't know it. And we had gone out of town. And it sat in the heat. And it sat in the heat. I got in the car and I was, I just was like, I, this car needs to be traded in. <laughs> we need a new car. We need a new car. Did you so, know what it was? No. So we hunted it down and then we found it. And then I was like, I got to get the car. We got to get the smell out of the car. So I took it and got it detailed. And I was like, yeah, I need you to shampoo everything. everything. Yep. That used to happen with bottles. Yes. Like a bottle would roll under the seat. Yep. Yep. And then that formula would sit in there. Yep. Yep. That's happened with, we've left a bag of groceries. And I mean, everyone's done everyone's this. Everyone's Yep. 
So that's my that's my current right now. My car smells good. Like I would not be ashamed to put you in my car today because it smells like baby powder. Oh, well, Crystal, thank you for coming on the happy hour. This has been so much fun. It's been so much, it's fun. Been so much fun. And I'll send everybody in the show notes. Go check out the book. You'll love it. And um, I'll put all the links up. And yeah. if we can find that black woman oil online, I'm telling we'll you, we'll show you where to get it. <laughs> You could just find the mall cart, man. And hey, hey, everybody call your young living women and say, do you don't have black black women? women? They don't have black women. They don't have black women. You have to get that from the cart at the mall. Oh my gosh. I love that. Beth Moore has black women. Priscilla gave her some. I so like we give it. we give people black woman because it's a thing. I expect to get some next time I you see you. You know what? You might get some. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that is hilarious. Well, thank you so much for coming on Happy Hour. Thank you for having me. This was fun. Okay, friends, wasn't that a great chat with Crystal? I told you, I love her. She's an achiever and a dreamer. She gets stuff done and she makes big dreams happen. Also, did you guys realize how important pre-ordering books are? So now you can go over to Amazon and just pre-order all the books that you ever wanted to read in the next few months. You guys, Crystal said so many fabulous things that I ran out of room to write them all down. Telling us women that we can't do it all. I mean, I know that we know that, but isn't it good just to hear it again? And then when we were talking about Jesus and pedicures, it had me laughing so hard. Guys, I also hope that our conversation was an encouragement to you because it certainly was to me. Today's show is edited by Chris with Podshaper and the music is from Jason Poe. Next week, my guest is Shauna Shanks, who's the author of A Fierce Love and A Fierce Love was our July book club read. We recorded this episode in my backyard at the book club. So if we sound like we're sweating, it's because we were. Guys, enjoy your week. Share the show with a girlfriend and have a happy hour with a friend. Hey guys, you are listening to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. I am Jamie and I'm your host and I'm so glad that you're here. If you like what you're listening to today, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcast. We bring you new shows every Wednesday and Fridays and an amazing guest always joins me to chat about the big things in life, the little things in life and everything in between. Subscribe today to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey on your podcast player so you never miss an episode.